Well, thanks for listening to the LCR Media Podcast, where we get to know the pros. I'm your host, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. And on today's IBG episode, I want to talk a little bit about protecting your brand. What does this mean? Well, in this, in the, for this episode, my example to really hammer this home, and you can interpret it as, as many ways as you want. Um, and, you know, hopefully you can apply this to your business, maybe even your life and so on. But for me specifically, the point I want to make is for an example, if you have a lawn maintenance business such as myself where you're mowing lawns, uh, let's just stick with that, right? Because, I mean, let's, that's the most basic, easiest example here. If you're mowing lawns for you know one of the main services or the only service for your business, you need to designate what you want your brand to be. When I talk about brand, I've talked about this on other episodes. Um, so you can go back in the archives and kind of search for that. But, you know, quick overview, brand is uh, a, a similar word to like your image, your company image, your business's image, your personal image, your professionalism. But really, that's all wrapped up into your brand. Like part of branding is how you look. You know, do you look professional? Do you have clean professional clothes, potentially uniforms, you know, like everyone has the same uh, uniform shirt, whatever that may be, t-shirt, short sleeve, long sleeve, combination of the two, collared shirt, not collared shirt, whatever, logo on the back, typically, right? You know, a, a color that maybe goes with some sort of theme of your business, whether that be the traditional like lime green, you know, lawn landscape shirts with a logo, with your logo on the back in black or something like that. So that's easy to see um, with maybe your contact info, you know, whatever there's variations of that, you know, but I'm talking about like some of the basics here, having your logo. So people know who you are as far as your business, you know, that they, they see you on the property or they they're on their property. They know, Oh, you're, you know, you work for the company that they hire to take care of their lawn or their neighbors driving by and they see, you know, the logos on your person, you know, on your, your uniform, your shirt or whatever your hat, all the above, and or they see that on your truck and or trailer. Um, and that all sticks out to them like, oh, that's that's blankety blank, you know, oh, that's clean cut lawn care was which is my business name. So I'll just keep I'll use that as an example, you know, like, oh, that's clean cut lawn care. I see them everywhere or, oh, I've never seen that company before. Are they new in this neighborhood or are they a new company altogether? I'm looking for someone to replace, you know, who I have, or I don't want to do my lawn anymore and I need to look for somebody or whatever, you know, we just moved here and so on and so forth. Oh, let me, let me look them up. Clean cut lawn care. Let's contact them. You know, I don't remember what their number was driving by on the trailer or the truck. So, but I remember clean cut lawn care, the logo stood out. So let me Google that, you know, so and then what, what What do they find when they Google that? Do they find a company website, a Facebook page, maybe Instagram, whatever kind of social media, LinkedIn, so Twitter, whatever, whatever you're into, whatever you have, like, what are they seeing on there? And then are they seeing anything? You know, can they even find you on the Internet? Uh, is there any any kind of search engine optimization SEO uh, for your business? Um, you know, and if they do find anything is it professional? Is, is it anything? Is it showing, you know, the, the work that you do, the high quality work? Are there any reviews from happy past and, and present clients, customers? Do you, you know, do you list the services that you have? Do they know what, what services you offer? Where are the areas that you offer them in? 
you know, does, does it show, do you, do they see the type of equipment you use? Like so many things that is all part of your branding. It's all being professional. It's all showcasing your work. It's connecting that all together with, you know, your logo, uh, potentially colors. Like for me, for example, you know, I, I, ha- I have a theme, the same theme that I've had for many years now. My logo has always been the same from day one, but I, I was kind of going through the transition of what I wanted my uniform shirts to look like, color schemes and so on. I always had a green logo uh, or the majority of the time I had my logo was green you know, kind of for the whole, the whole lawn care theme. So I was like, okay, what color shirt do I want to go with that green? My very first shirts were yellow, which isn't bad. I, I, I was trying to stand out and not be like everybody else. I didn't want to get the traditional lime green or yellow highlighter, yellow or whatever. Um, you know, typical, you see all the commercial guys out there. Most of the time have those just those color shirts with just a black logo or, or whatever on, on there. One, they're not really trying to advertise that much because they're a commercial business that, you know, it gets plenty of work from all the big companies and, you know, the big HOAs and the, the, the commercial properties, meaning like, you know, the Walmarts and the malls and all, all that kind of stuff. Um, big neighborhoods, you know, they, 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 they're not, it's not like they're working on advertising more. So they're just working on keeping their professional image, keeping their brand looking clean and professional while they're on these properties so that they don't lose any work. And of course, you know, people, maybe management, you know, people, property managers might be driving by and seeing that and being like, Oh, we need to contact them, you know, and see if they can take care of our property, you know, but they, they these property managers are probably easily finding that online and, so on and so forth. The, my point is the last thing these bigger companies are worried about is they're, you know, s- trying to have like the most eye catching um, logos and uniforms and things like that. They're looking for efficiency. They're buying these, you know, lime t-shirts or, you know, highlighter yellow shirts in bulk, you know, from wherever, you know, wherever they're getting them from, just bulk, all different sizes, long sleeve, short sleeve, and they're just getting them all printed up with their logos and they just keep them stocked in all their offices. You know, they have all the sizes in different drawers or however they have it set up. And, and, you know, whenever the guys need a new shirt, they give them a new shirt or whatever their policy is. You know, they give them X amount of shirts when they first start, part-time gets X amount, full-time gets X amount more, you know, whatever it is, uh, all these, there's all these different scenarios, you know, that you can do that. I'm not trying to go down those rabbit holes. I was just diverging a little bit by saying, when you're kind of residential, when you're doing residential, it's more of a focus on standing out um, and not just kind of just blending in with the same old, in my opinion, same old boring, you know, lime green, neon yellow, highlighted yellow. Nothing wrong with that. But I was just saying where I came from, where I was coming from, I wanted to stand out a little bit. So I thought yellow, I hadn't seen anyone wearing yellow shirts. Uh, so I figured yellow with the green logo, like a, you know, dark green, like grass green logo. That was cool. I did that for a little while, but for one, it got harder to find, uh, you know, a specific type of yellow that I was looking for or just yellow in general. Like you'd be surprised how many types of yellow there are. There's bright yellow. There's like a mustard yellow, which is more of like a brownish yellow. And then there's like gold. And, you know, there's so many definitions of yellow. There's like highlighter yellow. So I was looking for just kind of like a nice, you know, dandelion, you know, um, yellow just like a nice like a sunflower yellow really is probably a better way i don't want to talk about weeds necessarily in, in that way i don't want my shirt say say that my shirt i want my shirt to look like a weed but let's say sunflower sunshine like that kind of yellow nice bright rich 
yellow. So th- that was the color that I had. I bought a bunch of shirts, had them, you know, printed or whatever online, I think, before I even found a local place. And and I had a bunch of those, you know, they got old faded holes, rips, all that from, you know, riding past thorns, briars, you know, stuff gets tore up quick. So you need to have a good amount of shirts and be able to replace them often when they get stretched out or worn out, faded, ripped, torn, all that. So, I mean, if that's happening to me, that's going to happen to employees. So I'm always trying to think longevity, like what, what, what's going to be the best for that? How am I going to, you know, be the most efficient with this? And, and I had a hard time finding yellow, you know, at an affordable rate. So I started looking at other, other options. So at one point, so then, then I found a local place that wraps vehicles, tints, does tints on the windows also makes, they got into logo printing for shirts, for clothes, for apparel, you know, anything from hats to shirts, to sweatshirts, pants, what, what, whatever you, you want. They have a, they had these, have these catalogs every year, these super thick catalogs with all those categories from handbags to hats, to jackets, to pants and shorts, to shirts and and polos and sweatshirts and all that anything and everything you could think of from accessories to clothes all that apparel anything everything but footwear basically um winter hats caps headbands everything bandanas all kinds of stuff and and, and they could put logos on all those things which is kind of cool um so i stumbled upon them I think it was a referral from somebody, an old friend or whatever. And so I, so, so that kind of opened up a lot of new possibilities and doors for me. I was going through the catalog, found out that like Kelly green was kind of a popular color everywhere. Like all the brands that they sold or the majority of the brands of, you know, that had t-shirts, long sleeve, short sleeve, sweatshirts, um, you know, performance like the performance type not just like the traditional cotton t-shirts which is also what i started with the yellow t-shirts were cotton and i didn't want to get away from that those were so nasty hot sweaty and disgusting i'd be soaked in a day so i was looking more into the polyester performance stuff so all of those kind of brands that offered those kind of clothing they all had kelly green so i was like all right cool that's that's bear with me folks i know i'm going down another rabbit hole here but this this is all part of branding (laughs) This is like, you know, whatever. I was trying to give a quick overview, but you know, if you know me, you know me. That's that's just how it is. But anyway, this would probably be valuable for somebody going down this rabbit hole here. Um, so Kelly Green was kind of like what was was the new color for me. I'm like, all right, let me go with Kelly Green. Tons of options in this in this in this color, but then I have to switch my logo color to white. So instead of it being green like grass, it was white. So that was kind of weird, whatever. It is what it is. I still stood out with the Kelly Green and for one reason or another over the years going through that phase, I somehow that got phased out and I transitioned into again, I don't know remember how I stumbled upon this color combination. I think I had gotten for the for the GIE now the the Equip Expo. I think I was getting some custom stuff made, like some custom shirts and hats made that I wanted to bring down um for the the you know for for myself to wear and to give away maybe uh down there and for whatever reason I picked I don't even know if I picked it or they picked it I don't even remember but somehow I ended up with a color combination of charcoal gray t-shirts and hats and they picked like an apple green which is kind of like a you know it's like but uh, it's like a cross between lime green and apple green if you even know what that it really it's kind of like if you look at a monster energy drink that green right they've got the black cans 
and the and the 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 that bright green, that nice lime green, it pops. And 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 I've always kind of liked that color combination. Actually, like personally, I've kind of liked that. I've got a a lime green mountain bike. I've got all kinds of lime green um, mountain biking accessories, like you know gloves that are have some lime green in them. And you know, thought about getting a lime green helmet, but I've got a white helmet. You know, basic stuff like that. But over over the years, personally, my point is, I've always been been uh drawn to lime green i just never for some reason thought about that for my business i I don't know why but so just stumbling upon this color combination of charcoal gray and the lime green slash apple green i think they call it apple green at the place that gets my logos made um but it looks just the same similar to lime green i realized oh my gosh maybe i should this is an awesome com a color combination let me let me uh make up some shirts for work like this and that therein lies my current and most likely will be my permanent branding color court uh, branding anyway which is we have charcoal gray shirts whether it's long sleeve short sleeve we have both um some guys prefer long sleeve including myself again another a whole another rabbit hole but the more you cover your skin the less you sweat you feel hot because your skin is covered, but you actually end up feeling cooler in the long run. As long as you've got the polyester performance material, you feel cooler in the long run because the sun is not burning down your skin, which makes your skin sweat like crazy to keep it from burning. That's your body's response to keeping your skin from burning is it, it produces a massive amount of sweat. So then you're all sweaty and slimy and all the grass and dirt sticks to you and you're constantly wiping yourself off. Yeah, you know, after every yard, you're just caked in all this stuff and you actually just feel hotter. Yeah, when a cool breeze goes by and you're covered in sweat, you feel good. That is also a reason why your body produces all that sweat. To It's it's natural air conditioning for your body to try and keep your temperature cooled down. But if you have long sleeves and long pants, again, that are not thick and heavy and, and, and weigh you down, that are light and performance polyester blend material, it's going to keep the sun off your skin, which means you won't sweat nearly as much and you will still feel the cool breeze as it goes. You know, when you have the performance shirts, it's, it's, it's the air circulates through it better than like a, a cotton shirt or a thicker shirt. So you're going to feel that breeze. You're still going to be a little bit sweaty, but not nearly as much because the material absorbs the sweat and then wicks it away and dries off super fast compared to non-performance stuff. So Cover yourself up. Long sleeves is really the way to go. I used to see all the guys, like the commercial guys, doing all that. Have the you know the they'd have the the big old you know straw hat, and they'd have a you know a, a bandana or a neck gaiter up covering their whole face, and they'd have long sleeve shirts and pants. And I'm like, what are these guys doing? How can they even like breathe? How are they not passing out? And then I actually tried it, and I was like, oh, I see, I get it. Anyway, so. We have long sleeve, short sleeve. I'm not going to force anyone to wear long sleeve. They want short sleeve. They can wear short sleeve. They can get rock the farmer's tan. That's on them. But anyway, that's our new our, our new look is the charcoal gray with the lime green slash apple green for our local folks, um, local place that does it. Uh, logos on the shirts. <clears throat> and then that matches the, you know, we have the, we don't have a lime green or apple green logo. It's closer to the Kelly green logo. Um, actually, no, it's not. Uh, the trailer is closer to the Kelly green, but once I got the ramp rack for my truck and wanted to get my truck wrapped, they were able to find, um, material vinyl material that's closer to the, the, the lime green look of the 
Rambrack that I got, you know, you can get any color you want, but I got the color that I got is like kind of a, a popular green color that matches the green touch trimmer racks. They're all that same kind of green. I don't even know what that color is called, but that's a specific color that they powder coat all of the green touch trimmer racks. And it's the same exact color that they powder coat the ramp racks if you want it to match that way. But you can, again, you can get any color you want. It comes standard in black, but you can get any color. You can get it pink if you want. Um, that would stand out, right? Talk about standing out and, and branding. Uh, so I, I got the green because that's just been my theme, right? I've always had a green logo, and now I have the, the lime green logo on the charcoal gray. It would be great if I had a charcoal gray truck. Man, that would really be it. Don't don't steal my idea, guys. But, I mean, it's fine. I guess you can as long as you're not rolling through Virginia with the exact same look. But I guess ultimately you have a different logo, So, but people will probably think you're me. So <laughs> just, just saying. Um so I'd be getting more calls than you would because uh, they would just think that. But that would be the awesome, like, if and when I get another truck and if I get another ramp rack set up would kind of be like, which is kind of like the dream there, I would get uh, the a charcoal gray truck if I possibly could with the same lime green logo that I have now that's on my truck, which matches the ramp rack green Um that would be sick if I got that ramp green ramp rack and green touch racks on the charcoal gray truck with that lime green logo and contact info all, you know, um, lettered up on the truck, like, like the current one that I have, which is a white truck. Now that would be sick. That would really stand out even more than my white truck with lime green setup is now. But anyway, it all kind of goes together. So when we hop out of the truck, we're, we're all branded with our charcoal gray shirt, but imagine we hop out of a charcoal gray truck with our charcoal gray shirts. Yeah, we might blend in for a hot second, but we would just be super branded, right? Charcoal gray with lime green all, you know, across the board. That would be, that would be sick. So anyway, um, that would, that's all part of branding. That is all part of branding it is, is, is the ultimate moral to this, uh, 18 minute story here is, I went deep into some nuggets, I believe, that I passed for, for branding. I've talked about this many times through Instagram and other episodes on my podcast. But that that is some serious branding right there because people recognize me everywhere. And because I have so much route density, which I've, I have like at least five episodes now dedicated to that, you can check that out on my podcast as well. Or like Route Density 5.0, I think just came out not too long ago. But when you couple route density with branding, high level branding, you're just smacking people in the face constantly with your business. So you're the you're top of mind. The first ones they're thinking about when they're looking for a lawn care business to take care of their property or someone else's property or whatever. So because that happens a lot too, right? The people looking for you know, hey, uh, I, you know, my my mom or my dad or my parents need help with their lawn now. They're getting old or older or whatever, you know, stuff like that too. And they saw you in their neighborhood, and their you know, hopefully their parents live close enough by. But usually that's not the case. They live somewhere further away, and I'm like, sorry, they're out of our area. But here's someone else that that's in the area, and give them a referral and whatever. But when when they see you, you know, they recognize you because of your branding and then the route density, you're there constantly. You have so many yards that you're just driving up and down through the neighborhood for the entire day. In my case, two days, like a day and a half. We have two neighborhoods that takes us a day and a half because we have over 20 yards. And, you know, the hotter it gets here in Virginia, it's great. It's easy to bang out. I wouldn't say easy, but it's possible to bang out 20 yards you know, in, in, in one day here, like 10,000, you know, 
eight, nine, ten, eleven thousand square foot yards on average in these little cookie cutter HOA neighborhoods. Some are a little bit smaller than that, but the ones that we have these that amount, the two neighborhoods that we have over twenty, we have more than twenty. So, so it's it's really impossible to get that much done in one day. Hey guys, the Equip Expo, formerly known as the GIE Plus Expo, will be here before you know it, October 18th through the 21st. It's a great time. I go every year. I've been going for many, many years. It's worth it so in so many ways. All of the outdoor demo areas plus the indoor showroom. Talk to all of the all of your favorite manufacturers and uh, meet new ones, find new ones, and all the networking opportunities. A lot of great events, great food, great times, great educational opportunities as well there. So go ahead and check it out. If you don't know what it is, you can click the link in the episode description there and you can check out all about it as well as register. Uh, you can use my code LCR to save 50% off at any time. But if you register before September 9th, you get the early bird discount, which means with the 50% off, it'll only be $10 per person if you use code LCR. Again, that link is in the episode description. Thanks, guys. Hope to see you there. Toro's new Revolution Series lineup provides you with a smarter, more connected fleet that makes your operation more efficient than ever before. It's the products you already know and love, just supercharged with Toro's Hypercell battery system. Learn all about Toro's new Revolution Series line at revolution.toro.com or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. It's really impossible to get that much done in one day which is two or three guys, myself included. I don't care how fast you are, the, the, amount, the amount that the grass is growing. So it, it's like one of those things, again, you know, uh, um, warning here, another quick rabbit hole. But anyway, uh, in the fall, in the spring and the fall, when it's cooler temps and you, can, and you have more energy, the, the heat's not sucking your energy away and you can just fly through yards, you still can't fly through yards because the grass is growing taller thicker it's wet more so you have to go over it maybe a couple of times you got more trimming and edging more to blow off and clean up it's still going to take just as long as it would take in the summer when it's growing less but it's so hot that you can't move as fast because you're just you're just trying to pace yourself you know try not to get all your energy zapped out taking some water breaks taking breaks in the shade, whatever you got to do to keep yourself alive, right? This heat is no joke. Like people think it's funny, but it's not a joke. Like, you know, I know Paul Jameson and I have our little, uh, our side comments, you know, behind the scenes and, and whatever about the, the real feel and heat index, but that, that's no joke here in Virginia. He's been here twice on some of the hottest day, two years in a row in the summer. He comes in like the hottest time of the year. He always comes in like July. That's literally the peak month of um, central Virginia. August is is just as hot, but I mean, July is when it gets to that point. Last year, it started in like May, unfortunately. So this year we're, we're getting off easy. We're kind of easing into it. Today was real feel like 94. So, I mean, you know, again, <laughs> Paul, for some reason thinks that's funny when I say real feel because, but think about it. If it's 86 degrees, but the real feel is 94. Where do you, what do you think is affecting that other eight degrees? Why do you think it feels eight degrees hotter? Why do you think that weather people are telling you that the heat index is eight degrees hotter? Because that means it's humid, dog. It means it's super hot. That means you're going to pass out if you don't do what you're supposed to do. 
So we can be cute and think it's funny and all that. Like, oh, it's 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 actually 94 in Georgia. Like, I get it. It means it's it's still hot. It doesn't matter. It means it's hot. That's the point. But here in, in central Virginia, it's it easily is like 98 degrees, but feels like 104, like day after day. Like, that's crazy. Like, we're like, it's red on the weather report, you know. They tell you if you're elderly or you're a baby, you know, the young and the old stay inside between 12 and four. That's peak time of people dying, basically, is what they're saying. That's when the heat index is out of control. And we're out here just trying to cut grass because we can't just be like, oh, yeah, we'll just stay inside. I know some people and some companies actually split the day when it gets that bad, especially if you're spraying yards like, you know, you're not actually supposed to be spraying yards when it's above 90 degrees because you might burn the grass. Uh, putting down liquid uh, chemicals like that. So you got to be real careful. So I do know some companies and people that do just kind of switch. They, they like take, they split the day, you know, they, they start like at 7am. Again, we start earlier too, as early as we can, you know, the noise ordinance in, in our area is 7am. You can start making loud sounds at 7am and you got to stop at 10pm. Um, so, you know, between seven and 10, that that's it. So we could start at 7am and then some people stop at like 12 and then they, you know, pick back up at four, you know, and they split their day, but you know, whatever, whatever you gotta do, you gotta do It's That's up to you. But the point is it gets hot. So it takes you longer to get yards done in, in, in during that heat. So the whole point of that rabbit hole again was no matter who you are, you're not getting in my neighborhoods, Paul's seen them. Some other local folks have seen them. Or, or no, or live in them and know what I'm talking about. You might have seen them on Instagram and YouTube and wherever I may have shared them in the past. But in my neighborhoods, you ain't getting 20 yards done in a day with one or two people when it's 100 degrees. And, and it's hard to get that done in the spring and fall when it's 60 degrees and it feels like a dream because the grass is growing out of control and it's a, it's usually a mess. You know, like all the things I just said, wet, all blah blah blah. So. <clears throat> there's no point in forcing my guys or myself to get 20 yards done is the whole point. Cause just in case, you know, there's people that are thinking, it's man, you can't get 20 yards done a day, whatever. Too many haters in my life, I guess, over the years, you know, there's a lot of peanut galleries out there. And sometimes I feel like I just want to put things into perspective and also, also just for, for the, for the other newbies out there that they want to know, like, like myself back in the day, I wanted to know what was possible. Like how many yards should you be getting done a day? But there's so many variables in there, you know, <clears throat> square footage, type of equipment, um, all the obstacles, potentially fences, tons of mulch beds and trees and all that kind of stuff. Like clearly that's going to be an issue, you know, that, 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 that's going to affect things, um, for, for your, you know, your time. So anyway, I, you know, that's why I just wanted to mention that a little bit, just, just for folks that are always wondering, like, you know, what, what, what is a good benchmark and all that, but there's a ton of variables for that. I kind of listed a, a bunch of what, why that's my number. Um, but so there's no need to force that, you know, so we do in a day and a half, we do 20 something yards in a day and a half. So the ultimate point to that ultimate, ultimate point, right. Is that people, people think that we're all that we have, people think that I have multiple trucks for one thing. And they just think that we're just, we're, we're always in their neighborhood is what it seems like. And why is that? If we were driving around in unmarked trucks and trailers, they might not even, they might not even think that, right. They might just second guess us for at just the other lawn guy, you know, the, the, the chucks in the trucks or the, the weekend warriors, the guys just starting out, you know, whatever, everyone's got to start somewhere. Everyone's got a story, but 
you know, I, I would just probably blend in with, with everybody else. Nobody would really pick out, oh, that's the, that's the Ram truck. That's the Ram 3500, not the Ford F1, F250 or F150. Like, oh, that's, you know, this size trailer versus that size. Like, no, no one's thinking that except for other lawn and landscapers. No, no one else is paying attention to that. But everyone is paying attention to and can't not notice you know, a big truck with a ramp rack on it, even if they don't know what that is, they see this big lime green sit thing on this truck driving by and they see the logos in the truck and, oh, that's clean cut lawn care. There you go. You know, like, man, they're everywhere. So that's all part of branding combined with route density. So I say all that to say, because at the end of the day, this episode really could have just been five minutes but I wanted to really give you some good backstories and some good rabbit holes to tie all this together. Because at the end of the day, my example for protecting your brand is when it comes to, for me, uh, this was a recent example that, that made me uh, think about this. It, it comes to the type of, of lawns, the type of yards you take care of, the neighborhoods that you take care of, protect your brand. Because so for me, that means I can't take on weed yards, weedy yards, unless I'm taking that yard over to treat it and, and get it up to snuff. But most of the people with weedy yards just want someone cheap to hack down the weeds bi-weekly. And all that stuff is just, is all big red flags, big red X's for me. That's all hard nose, you know, hard stops for me. Like I'm, I don't want anything to do with that. Been there, done that. But when I've got, when, when, when all of my clients are beautiful, lush, tall fescue yards, why in the world would I want to try and squeeze in some nasty weedy yard here and there? And unfortunately I still do it from time to time for various reasons because they're right in the same, right down the street, or I'm doing a favor for somebody, somebody's friend of someone, someone's whoever. And, you know, I just think to myself every time, like, man, all this is going to do is promote more weedy yards, right? You get more of what you have. So that's why I have so many nice yards, because that's all I focus on. That's all I give quotes for. That's all I want to get in the same neighborhoods. But there, there's weedy yards in those neighborhoods, right? Not all those yards, uh, not all those neighborhoods are guaranteed to have beautiful, lush yards, uh, some people just don't take care of their, their yards, but they have to get it mowed. Either they do it themselves, or they find someone else because the HOA is going to find them if they don't keep it cut, but they don't get fined if they're, if there's weeds in their yard, they get fined if they don't water their yard and it dries up and it looks disgusting and all dead and brown and dormant because, because they, that's, people think that's a way to not have to cut it. Well, if I don't ever water it in the summer, I can get through the whole summer with barely having to cut it because it's going to be all dry and and dead, you know, but nobody wants to see that either. So the HOA wants to promote people to come and live in there so they can pay their dues and the HOA can make money and all that. So they don't want people to not water their lawns. So it looks disgusting and they don't want it to be overgrown and not never cut regularly because then it also looks disgusting. So it's not a guarantee is what I'm saying. There's obviously going to be some weedy yards in there and it, it's hard for me because I try not to take those yards. I, I don't, I, I avoid taking on those yards unless I can treat them. Like the, when those people approach me, like literally on the same street that I might have two or three really nice yards, whether I'm treating those yards or another company is treating them, at least they're being treated. So the yards look nice and then I'm cutting them. So that they also look nice. So when the weedy people on the same street approach me to cut their lawn, 
bi-weekly. I'm like, one, I only cut weekly because if, if it's a, a well-treated, healthy yard, it needs to be cut every week because it grows enough to be cut every week. In some cases, twice a week if they're being over-fertilized by someone, not me. Um, so one, we're only, we only cut weekly. We don't deal with bi-weekly or 10 days. That's a whole another topic for another day. Um, that's a mess, but we don't do any of that. And we, we don't, we're not going to cut your yard unless you sign up for yearly treatments, fertilization, weed control, aerating, and seeding. Boom, that, there you go. So it's not even like I have to say, oh, our schedule's full, even though we're right here. We can't, we can't squeeze you on. No, of course we can. So I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, we can't or, you know, piss people off and say, you know, your yard is not our, our type of yard or whatever, because it, it isn't. I don't want to mow your weeds, but I'm not going to say any of that. I'm just going to be matter of fact and professional and try and upsell them and say, hey, you know, we would love to take on your yard weekly, mowing it weekly, but you also have to sign up for a yearly treatment so we can get it looking nice, get rid of these weeds for you. And you can be the, you know, the bet one of the best yards on the block, like all the other ones we take care of. And they, they don't know the difference. If some of their neighbors have someone else taking care of it, it could just be, Hey, this is our new policy, right? Whether that is or isn't, whether you're just trying to, you know, filter some of these people out or not, you know, it's a win-win either way, because they either say, no, thanks. I'm good. I just need someone to cut my weeds every two weeks. Like, okay, well, I'm not the guy for you. Thanks for giving us the opportunity, but, but no, but, but that's not, it's not happening. Or they say, okay, give me a quote. And then you give them a quote and they say, all right. And now you're actually going to make their yard look nicer. So that's a win-win plus you're making more money. So they become your ideal, you know, lawn. So that's how you protect your brand, because if you take on these weedy yards, all the people on that same street or people driving by that see you mowing that, they're, they're going to be deterred from wanting you to mow their lawn. And the people that are already on the street that you're mowing their lawn, they're going to be like, I hope you do them at the end before you or after you mow our lawns, because I don't want you bringing their nasty weeds you know, up, up into our yard, unless you're going to clean out your mower or something before you hop over here. Like there's a lot of perceptions out there. I've had people say stuff like that before. I kind of feel that way myself personally. And there is some truth to that. Um, and you know, so why, you know, why would you want to play that game? There's definitely truth to the perceptions. I, I know for a fact that if you're mowing a weedy yard, people driving by with nice yards are not going to want to contact you to mow their nice yard. And if you also, if you're mowing weedy yards, people driving by with weedy yards are going to be like, ah, I found a guy and they're going to want you to mow their weedy yards. And before you know it, you've got a whole route of weedy yards. Now, if that's all you have, then that's fine. I mean, unless you don't want that, then that's a whole nother issue. You know, whatever you got to figure that out. There's ways around that too. That's another topic for another day also. But if your area is rural or whatever the scenario is, just has a lot of, you know, big weedy yards that you're mowing biweekly, but you can stack them up so that every other week you're going through all that, then, you know, getting them all done, then you can still build a route that way. You know, you're, you're doing less a day because it takes longer because maybe there's acres involved. And of course it's not going to be in most cases treated and all that. So a lot of it's going to be weedy yards and, but it's still got to be cut and it's still money to be made. So I get that, but it, it's hard to do both unless you really separate the days, you know, what you really need to have one day for the weedy yards, like the acres, the rural stuff, you drive out to wherever you're driving, you've got the right mowers for those bigger properties and you just knock them out all day. And then you have a different setup, you know, for, uh, and a different day dedicated to those nice cookie cutter 
HOA properties that I'm talking about that I do solely, you know, a hundred percent. Um, but it's hard to mix and match like that. And, and my point is you want to protect your brand and not have these weedy yards in there. So it's going to be hard for me to grow the way I want to grow. If I allow these weedy yards into my, on my schedule, on my route. So that's kind of what I'm talking about when protecting your brand. That's how I'm protecting my brand. Branding is very important to me. I went in, I spent like what, 20 something minutes talking about branding and all the different ways that I how, how, what I think about it and what I do for and why it's important to me, so on and so forth. Hopefully you can take some of that or all that, interpret it in your own way and maybe apply some of these things. But the biggest thing is just, just remember you get more of what you already have. If you don't want weedy yards and you want nice yards, then find the nice yards and focus on them and don't take the weedy yards or you know, if, if you, I get it, you're starting out, you're growing, you're trying to take on whatever you can, just like I did start, you know, as soon as you, it's going to be a hard balance. You have to, you have to separate it. You have to, you can't do both in the, on the same street or on the same day, unless you do what I'm doing, where you give them kind of like an ultimatum, like, Hey, this is our policy. You know, if, if you want us to mow, you know, we're going to do it weekly and we're going to treat your yard. Like we're not going to just mow bi-weekly. And that's the only service that we do. Like we, we, we have to, you know, do the whole thing. And, and I know actually, I meant to say this too. I almost forgot before I wrap up, uh, Pete, Pete Denny with GCI turf down in North Carolina, a friend of mine, not too far. I've visited him a couple of times, got him on the podcast as well. You can go back in the archives, just search, um, GCI turf or Pete, um, something I'm sure will come up there. He's been on other podcasts as well. And I got a YouTube video about it and everything on Long Care Rookies, uh, my channel, you can check that out too. Playlist, get to know the pro, get to know the pro 2.0, I believe. Check that out and see, see, see what I'm talking about. But he specifically does this as well. He's got two divisions. He's got a, a large company down there in North Carolina, multiple crews, uh, many crews actually, but he's got two different divisions of his business. He's got like the mowing, like the, like the everything basically, um, division where they mow, they fertilize, they do all the landscape maintenance, like trimming bushes, you know, freshen up mulch or pine straw, whatever the customers want, aerating and seeding, all that stuff. I think they just don't do irrigation. Maybe they do. I don't remember, but they do all the kind of lawn and landscape maintenance for their, for their clients. And the sex other division is just treating. He calls it the, we grow it, you mow it. So they so basically the homeowners are mowing the lawn but they're treating it but what they don't do is just mow they don't he said my if if my trucks are going to be if my trucks and trailers are going to be in front of your property we are doing everything for that property we are not just mowing it we are mowing it and treating it because that's our name on that yard that everybody and i've said this before back in the day Nobody else knows what arrangements you have. This is a good way to, to, to round this up and, and bring this point home and end this episode. I'm glad I remember this. Um, this, I mean, nobody is going to know what arrangement you have with the property that you're at. No one knows if they're paying you, that they're, that they're paying you just to mow, blow and go like they didn't even trim or edge. What's up with that? That looks like a hack job. I don't want them on my lawn. They don't know. Most likely they're probably not even most likely you, the, the people that are asking you to do that are people that don't have that kind of, um, that, 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 that aren't even talking probably to those neighbors, those type of people. 
you know, that they're just divided because they're different mentality people. So they would have no way of knowing that these people are just cheap or they're just on a budget or whatever nice way you want to put it. And they just want you to mow blow and go, you know, they, 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 and they're not, they don't know. Uh, they, they might even think that you're, that you are supposed to be taking care of the weeds and fertilizing and their yard looks like trash. And they're like, man, these people, I don't want. So the, the bottom line is if you, you know, do, don't even succumb to that stuff. Like I, I used to have people ask me, hey, don't even worry about trimming edge. I just need you to mow it real quick. You know, can you just give me a discount and all this nonsense? And I'm and I would do it sometimes in the early days because I didn't know any better. But then I quickly learned like, no, no, no. I do it one way and one way only. You know, I mow, trim, edge, blow and make everything look great. Everyone. And everyone gets the same price per square foot of the lawn and how many obstacles and all that nonsense like that. Everyone's it's the same thing. It's not this this way. I'm not dealing with people driving by and they see what they think is a hack job. And it's because I was just, you know, throwing someone a bone here and giving them a discount or whatever. Like I'm not, I don't play that game. Just like I don't uh, take care of weedy yards anymore or, or uh, unless I'm treating them, you know, and trying to convert them into a nice yard. So that's the same exact thing Pete does. I had been come up with that mindset before I even met Pete and before he even said that. So it's always awesome to hear people that are successful and have bigger businesses than you that are doing the similar things or have the similar same mentality. So that, that was great. He's in the same, same boat that, you know, he's not going to mow someone's lawn unless he's treating the lawn. So, um, so just remember all that, all that stuff guys. And hopefully this helps, you know, make some, make some sense for you guys. And, 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 uh, um, help you out in, in some way. So if it did, I haven't said this in forever, but please uh, go ahead on Apple um, podcast, leave a rating and review. And also now on Spotify, you can do the same thing on the Spotify app. You can click the, uh, the star there and, and, and rate it. You can at least rate it. I don't I think you can give a, give a review, but you can at least rate it. So that's, that's, that's helpful. It's helpful for everyone to see what kind of a podcast we have. You know, if we, if we got a lot of four or five stars, hopefully all five stars, we have some nice comments, you know, it helps people want to click play when they stumble upon um, the podcast. So we appreciate that as well as I like to hear the feedback and see what you are or are not enjoying so we can do more of it or maybe do some uh, some tweaks here and there to make it better for you guys. So I always appreciate it. I know Mr. Producer appreciates it as well. So thank you guys for doing that. If you have already, if not, please go ahead and do so right after this episode is over. And I, I always thank the Toro Company for sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. And until the next episode, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.